You're listening to a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. We're the answers. Hello and welcome to the Elsnerd Show, a production of Galactic Networks. I'm Gregor Sprague and Corey was on a jet plane, so we, we, we didn't ask him to come on because, you know, he was here in Michigan. Now he's back in California where he belongs. Uh, but, but joining me for this special episode is Brad, uh, Ludwig, host of Adventure Party and Weird World Weekly and maybe creating future podcasts for Galactic Networks um, yep. and all that. And before I properly introduce him, a warning. We will spoil stuff and we will swear you have been warned. <laughs> and I apologize for spoiling stuff. If you didn't, if you catch it later, send all hate mail to mail at Um Brad, how you doing, sir? I am doing very well, Gregor. Thanks for having me on. Not a problem. Um, yeah, so let's just get right into the news. And the first, as something's touching the back of my leg, and just bugging me. Sorry. The first news story is we have a premiere date for the Stars TV series American Gods. Now, for anyone who doesn't know what the American Gods um, is about, it is uh, based off of Neil Gaiman's uh, books of the or book series, and it is a it's a uh, war between the old gods and the new. Not Game of Thrones, not that one. <laughs> Um, but you have the old gods, the ones who are, um, you know, set in mythology. So, you know, the Roman Greek gods, and then you have this new, um, the new gods, um, like money, technology, celebrity and all that. And in the words of Dan Trachtenberg, hilarity ensues. Um, so I read the the little bits of this, the story, and I'm like, wait a minute. They just did this in a Hercules in the Hercules comic book on Marvel like last year and all that. I'm like, this is a really cool and that was a cool concept. And if they base it on here, you know, great, whatever. But so I'm I'm not as excited because I don't know that much about I've never read the books. Oh, okay. Um, so but I, I'm excited because you know I've I enjoy Neil Gaiman, you know, his episodes that he wrote on Doctor Who and you know everything else that i've seen of him i enjoy his stuff so i'm pretty sure i'll enjoy this and even the cast um you know uh, with ian mcshane emily browning um you know uh crispin glover orlando jones you know like these people i'm just seeing in here it's like okay yes like now please just come on um and i think i'm bearing the lead here of uh, by failing to mention the premiere day is april 30th so we've got yep. just about a month and a half. Yeah, I've uh, I've read American Gods two two or three times, and I just read it probably. Oh God, I want to say about a month ago. So it's still kind of fresh in my head. Um, uh, American Gods is just one book, so this first season is going to take you through. I think they said about the first third of the book. Um, and yeah, they, they did some tweaks here and there, but, um, based on the first still that you see of the bar, um, uh, where it had that like crocodile sort of a alligator theme, um, it is dead on <laughs> That's how it was described in the book. 
they painstakingly were trying to be as true to the source material as possible. Um, and uh, Neil Gaiman has like glowing things to say about what he's seen of the production. So um, it's, it's a great book and it looks like they're working really hard to make it a great uh, TV series. So, and, and honestly, that's what I like to see. And I would there, I would hate as a, as a nerd in general to see, um, to, to see them because this is what Brian Fuller left Star Trek discovery for was to finish, essentially finish this because he was already, you know, well involved in, in the American gods, um, project. So I would hate to see this not be the success that it, it deserves to be and all that. Yep. Um, Especially because you, I know you'll get a lot of Star Trek nerds going. You should have stuck with Star Trek, <laughs> and, and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. What do you? What, what, what's the, what's, what's got you most excited about this? I, you know, the cast is one of the big things. Um, it, when I saw that Ian McShane was playing Mr. Wednesday, who essentially, um, spoiler alert, is the American version of Odin. Yeah. Uh, I, I heard, I, I heard it, and it soaked into my brain, and I went, "My God, that's absolutely fucking brilliant." <laughs> uh, you know, because Ian McShane brings such intensity. Um. And he's just a marvelous actor and to all the things that happen in the book. And the more I thought about the Mr. Wednesday in the book and thought about the work that Ian McShane has done in the past, I'm like, my God, that is just perfect casting. They painstakingly tried to find the right people for uh, the parts that they had, that, that were uh, available for this um, Orlando Jones is perfect for Mr. Nancy. Uh, I, everything that they've listed here has just been, my God, I, it's just, <laughs> I read the name and I went, Oh my God, that's brilliant. And the next name, my God, it's brilliant. Uh, and, and it didn't stop. So, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, Cloris Leachman. I, <laughs> for the, for the character, uh, that they chose her to do, uh, is absolutely perfect. And, and Cloris Leachman, you know, God bless her. I don't know how old she is, but she's 80. She still got it. She has still got it in spade. Yeah. And uh, that particular character in the book is perfect for her. You know, yeah. it's just like they, they specifically, like I said, they specifically chose people to play these characters that are like, yes, of course you'd choose that person. Why would you choose anybody else? That would be ridiculous. Yeah. And for those of you guys who don't realize this, Cloris Leachman was first brought on to us by the TV show Raising Hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just like all the work that she did with uh, Young Frankenstein and, uh, well, hell, even recent, well, within the past... 15 years sky high. She was the, the nurse at sky high. Mm -hmm. You know, she's, uh, she's got incredible range, but she's also got 
there's a bit of humor to this character that she's playing in American Gods, and and yeah. and she can do understated comedy, and she can do in-your-face comedy, and it it, it just perfect. No, yeah, she got her start on, um, I believe it was the Mary Tyler Moore show. Um, oh and, sure, and, yeah, and and I I used I used the introducing, you know, first seeing because that's how they had her on raising hope it was always in introducing uh, cloris leachman <laughs> and all that which have, came out i believe it ended in 2014 so you know still relatively new as well um and canceled way before or canceled too soon they could have got some more out there because she was a big part of that show um but yeah i'm excited for this mainly for the fact that this is stars finally getting some stuff out there that I think will not or will hit for a lot of people. You know, like there was the Torchwood stuff that yet yeah, that was it, it, like good if, if you know not necessarily great, but I mean it was and all that. But then there's the other things that it was just like didn't seem like it interested a lot of people. And it's it's like this is hopefully them getting to that HBO stand like not quality but that HBO mindset of let's do original stuff let's not just be the uh, the cable add on that that people get when they pay for tier three of their cable sure and stuff yep. like that well I, I think a lot of those channels are looking for their game of thrones to yeah. you know push them forward I know that. Um, Pat Rothfuss's book, um, the name of the wind series, the King killer Chronicle, um, that was optioned. And, uh, uh, Lynn Manuel, uh, is set to produce. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. they're, they're working towards making that happen. And again, that's, you know, like epic fantasy that you could do a number of seasons off just based off the first two books in the series. So. No, yeah, definitely. Um, and our next story is um, the remaining cast for um, Disney's or Disney's pre Marvel's Presents in the Inhumans um, for the Inhumans TV show um, has been announced. They have the um, they have cast. I'm blanking on the name. He's the lead on Hell on Wheels. Um, he's playing Black Bolt, and they've already okay. had. Yeah, they've already had um, some set photos out, um, including a, a pre-CGI um, lockjaw, which I'm like, all right. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> but the... Um, let's see here. You have... Uh, rounding out the casting of... From people who they got on. So we got... We now have... And I'm going to butcher his name, and I apologize. M.A. Ukwekor, um from Concussion and at Extant as Gorgon. Um, Isabel Cornish from Australia Day, Puberty Blues as Crystal, um, Medusa's little sister, um, who is Medusa's played by uh, Serenda Swan. Uh, Mike Moe from Empire and uh, Street Fighter Assassin's Fist. He'll, he'll, be, he'll be playing Triton. And then they're actually, they actually have a couple of new, they have a new character in here. Um, I love how they put in the casting Lockjaw as himself. As himself. <laughs> <laughs> but they have a newer character in here with um, Sonia uh, Belmores playing um, Arian, who is 
um, who I believe was introduced during um, Charles Sewell's run with the Inhumans at Marvel, you know, recently. Um, or at least she's one that a lot of people do not know about or did not know about until he, he used her and, and all that. Um, but this is really cool. I mean, we've got um, Anson Mount will be Black Bolt. Um, Iwan uh, Rayon from Game of Thrones and where I've seen him from first was Miss uh, Misfits will be playing Maximus the Mad. Um, Serinda Swan from Grace Ballers and Graceland is Queen Medusa. And then um, you will know him best from Lost. Uh, Ken Leong is set to, um, is going to be playing Karnak. So this is Marvel TV getting some casting choices with both their TV, the two TV shows that they got that are coming out the soonest with this and Runways. Pretty much, you know, when like you see photos of these people, it's like, okay, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I could see that with all of them. So what do you think about this casting there, Brad? I, I'm really looking for, you know, of, of, I only know, like, I only know of the work of like maybe one, one person on this cast list. Um, I think it's cool that they are going to be doing the, the inhumans. It's going to be interesting to see how, how they do essentially the, the Royal family story since they've already kind of started the inhuman story in agents of shield. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they, they weave that tale and, and how that comes about. So uh, I am looking forward to it. And uh, IMAX. Yeah. <laughs> that's, no, yeah, that's, that's going to be the interesting part for the first two weeks. Um, I think it's er, for eight days a piece. Um, there'll be a two week window in September um, of this year prior to the eight episode run that will air the, um, the that will air the premiere of the of the show and all that and that's pretty cool I mean I'm already planning on you know going up to Lansing to which would be I think the closest IMAX theater to go see this in IMAX sure and you know just have a rocking good time um, watching <laughs> this I, because I'll say right now, especially with me being a newer comic book fan and reader, um, I do like that. I, I do like this casting because this is the Inhumans are something that I got into pretty quick on, and it was with the, um, with Black Bolt blowing up the, um, Adelan and sending the terrigen clouds around the world like we have now which may or may not have led to some interesting choices for other marvel properties um and all that but this is really cool this is really interesting i i cannot wait and i i think i will be upset if they do if they make black bolt speak and and it not be destructive you know, if he's I, like, I, yeah, I don't think that they could and yeah. not have the very audience they're trying to reach jump down their throats. <laughs> yeah. Like that's like the one fear. I mean, like, you know, for everyone else, it's like, you know, the, the powers are simple and he has simple powers too, but it's one of those, like, how are we going to work around it and stuff like that? And I mean, some of these guys like, uh, for Triton, 
or not Triton for yeah for Triton and Gorgon. I'm wondering are are they going to do heavy CGI or not CGI or, or prosthetics for them? Because I mean, Gorgon's a freaking goat guy. Yeah. So it's like, how is how are they going to do that? And but I don't know. I'm just really curious to see how this is going to work, and just excited for the news of this. And I, I mean, and to your point with the whole, you know, you only heard of a few of them. I've heard, I think this is where I've heard of most of them and seen them in a lot of the things. Um, Like, like I mentioned before with uh, the guy from Game of Thrones and Misfits, um, who's playing Maximus the Mad. It, this is another role where it seems like he's going against type because on Misfits, where everyone was introduced to him, he was the shy uh, well there is a reason why his powers were he turned invisible on that show oh sure yep yeah and now it's like you get him playing um ramsey bolton in game of thrones a character that i think is right up there with joffrey that people hate and now maximus the mad another person that's like yeah we're good he's gonna be pretty pretty bad here and so yeah like it's gonna be fun it's i i can't wait um the next story is another i feel like this is a trade-off like story for me story for you story for me sort of thing because <laughs> i i haven't read any of this i haven't read any really a lot of any stephen king but this is the news that um stephen king's castle rock will emerge on Hulu as an upcoming series um, being produced by um, by J.J. Abrams. And this is the anthology series that takes place in the um, fictitious town in Maine of, of, of Castle Rock. So, so what we're going to get like Cujo as a TV series um, and all this like for one season, is that what's is that no, what we're gathering here? They're they're being really tight lipped, and Castle Rock is referenced in uh, what is it? Cujo, Dead Zone. Uh, I think I remember reading the body. Yeah. Um. So, uh, like the, the and the trailer that we get to see is just like the listing of uh, Stephen King's novels. Uh, just to kind of remind people of the enormous body of work that he has put together um, and kind of teasing that JJ Abrams is going to be a part of it. Uh, it's going to be, I, I'm going to be interested to see how they kind of, where they're going to take it. Yeah. Um, well, and, and there was because this is an older story, um, which we don't care here because we're going to talk about whatever, whatever we want. But there was an update to it that Castle Rock has landed a ten episode order on Hulu, um, and they also call the series an ongoing series. Um, so meaning they're they have enough faith in J.J. Abrams, Stephen K or Bad Robot, Stephen King, Warner Brothers Television, and then the two. Uh, executive producers and co-writers uh, co Sam Shaw and Dustin Thomason that they do think it could get 
um, you know, future seasons out of it. And, uh, and, and I'm really, this is like where I haven't read a lot of like, oh gosh, there's the one book. I cannot think of what it is right now, but you, I read it in high school because our English teacher made us read it in as a freshman. Um, oh, I cannot think of what it is right now, but um, that was a Stephen King book. And that was really sort of it. I mean, I haven't read any of the Dark Tower stuff. Um, you know, even the Marvel comic adaptation, I haven't read any of that. And it's just one of those things where I'm like, all right, this is going to be interesting. But I've also heard a lot of bad things on the other project that they had at um, at Hulu with 11.22.63. Like that, that wasn't the best thing that was out there. Mm. Yeah, I know that there was a lot of hype for it. I I wasn't all that interested, uh, so I didn't check it out. Um, yeah, but I, I, they they are riding a lot on on the pedigree of the two, so it'll be yeah. interesting to see, you know, who they get as writers because Stephen King isn't necessarily going to be writing this. Maybe he'll maybe he'll contribute. They're not really saying, but <clears throat> it'll be interesting to. Uh, to see where they take this and it, it looks like they're going to be this is going to be its own thing but still reference some of these other uh, things that happened in the other books that Stephen yeah. King has done to just kind of tie things together and, and who knows maybe we'll see some of the characters from some of those other uh, some other works that he's done so yeah I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what they what they've got planned yeah yeah, I always say this. I always say this. Like, I I say these things not to be a pessimist and to poo-poo it. I'm always the optimist that stuff will be good. You know, hope for the best and then get the worst, as opposed to hope for the worst and get the best. Is has always been my mindset. Um, and our last news story <laughs> for the Else News is a follow-up to our last episode, which was a while back ago. Um, and in Till then, I think we had promised a all news episode, which we did not deliver, and other things. But um, as you, it's a follow up to there where, where we did a rundown of the shit sandwich that has been the uh, the new Batman movie, and um, not again, not complaining about Ben Affleck as Batman or anything like that. But you go from Oh, he's writing it with Jeff Johns, and he and he's going to direct it and star in it, and it's going to come out sometime soon. To him going, we're not going to start filming it until the script is ready, and the script is not ready yet, and stuff that is that made me cautiously optimistic on here because it's like, okay, yeah, he he makes sense, you know. Don't bring out, don't bring out a shit product on a thing you clearly love, and he loves the bat, he loves Batman, he loves comic books. And then he goes, um, remember how I said I was going to direct? Yeah, not so much anymore. Um, like, and, and his excuse was to me was valid because he didn't want to give a half-assed directorial job or a half-assed performance as Batman. So he's like, I'm, I'm still going to be Batman. And then rumors came flying out that he's 
which I think we're just a lot of people going, oh, there's going to be panic here. Let's spread rumors that he's not, he's going to leave his Batman too. I don't necessarily see that as being, being at all real. Um, but then the last, the latest thing is that um, Warner Brothers has made official that Matt Reeves will be the director who relaunches the next iteration of Batman. Um, so this was rumored, but then it was denied and stuff like that. But Matt Reeves, who last directed, um, oh God, what was it? Um, oh, the, uh, the third planet of the apes movie. That's what it was. Um, and, and, you know, is a good, you know, talented director in his own right has stepped in. And so I am again thinking that this could be a good choice, you know, because I've, as a combo, I will say this. I do enjoy as the Bruce Wayne Batman combo. I do like Ben Affleck's portrayal as both and all, you know, like, like Christian Bale was a good Batman even though we talk like this all the time when he was the Batman, um, you know, and I, like a lot of people will say, you know, the, my favorite Batman is going to be Kevin Conroy. Um, you know, because that's what I grew up on. Like, I, I don't know. I think I still have hope for this movie that it's going to be good, that it's, we're going to see it, you know, sometime up here. So what do you, what do you think all this stuff, Brad? I, you know, I really kind of wonder. Yeah, I never bought the fact that he was going to stop being Batman for this. Um, I I never believed that for a moment. The, The thing that I'm wondering about looking at, looking at some of the, the flack that Batman Superman got, some of the flack that Wonder Woman was getting uh, the issues with the flash, (laughs) the flash is kind of stuck in development hell right now. And they're talking about going back to the ground floor on the, on the script, like completely scrapping what they have and starting over. The thing that always struck me about the DC properties and, and the DC movies post Nolan is that they have a lot to catch up on mm-hmm. with the MCU. Yeah. But, you know, I, I really think that the MCU, there was no expectation. Their first character that they started off with was Iron Man. And so many people went, <laughs> Iron Man, come on. <laughs> and it, they knocked it out of the park. I mean, mm-hmm. there was no better person to cast for the role of Tony Stark than Robert Downey Jr. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, think about Robert through- Downey Jr. and the journey he's taken in his life. Yeah. <laughs> he's he was he he was a middle class Tony Stark, uh, <laughs> and and his continued success beyond that. Uh, he's he's got he's getting closer to uh, Tony Stark riches. So, I mean, he's, he is that character at this point. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, I don't think that the studios had any pressure to deliver and they weren't told make a masterpiece, make a blockbuster. 
you know, Iron Man was just like a happy accident. It was serendipitous that it exploded and did as well as it did. Well, I mean that, but that at the same time, it was Marvel Studios taking a big step because they didn't license it out to anyone. This was them doing it themselves. And then because of that success, they got acquired by Disney, which is now, it's now the you know billion dollar juggernaut that it is. Oh wait, wait, I, th- I think he's on Fox with the X Men. Oh damn it, uh, juggernaut villain yes. for the X Men. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, Fox has, the joke has the- But I mean, yeah. So like, because that, that was going to be my next question is because with me, I feel like you know DC they are where they are trying to play catch up. They're trying to run before they've they've learned how to crawl with this with these movies. Um, you know, like like they did do a good first step with doing um Man of Steel. And I mean that in a Superman movie, not necessarily what we got. Mm-hmm. Um but I think the what the problem was is they stuck with the same director. They stuck with you know, they stuck with Zack Snyder to do the sequel um, and all that where it would work for a Superman sequel. We never got that. We never got, you know, Man of Steel 2 or all that, you know, like like they did with Iron Man 2 with John Favreau directing that one as well. It was like, okay, now if you're going to do this universe thing, go to a new, mo- go to a different character, you know, go to Batman, go to Wonder Woman, go to, you know, whoever and do that and then bring you know have um batman versus superman dawn of justice be in the same line as the event the first avengers movie so you've had like like this is me playing movie you know movie producer you know playing the kevin feige or jeff johns role in all this you would do man of steel you would do batman maybe do a, the, the Superman sequel and then it, uh, maybe do Wonder Woman just because she does have a little bit more and actually no no don't do Wonder Woman then you do uh, Batman vs Superman Dawn of Justice which would then lead into the Wonder Woman movie like it has which would then lead into the Justice League movie like it's gonna do and all that and then you get all these characters as opposed to, oh, we're going to do this, then this, then Suicide Squad. And they announce all these movies for the next 10 years. And then they're like, but they forgot to put the asterisk of subjects title to change. And all that, like like you see on every UFC fight. You know, it's like every pay-per-view is like, they'll do the commercial like, oh, it's Brock Lesnar versus Frank Mir and Brock Lesnar's doing drugs. But whatever, asterisk, card subject to change. Do that and it would be a better... We like us fans would have better experience here. So, is, do, what what do you think about that whole Corey moment I just had there, um, with my <laughs> like like what what do you think about the future of the uh, DC movies? They need to they need to score a win uh, within yeah. the next two movies. Otherwise, there's there's going to be trouble. Um, But I think getting back to what happened with Marvel is because there was no pressure and it was the, the love of the material 
<clears throat> between the directors and the the actors and actresses um they they took risks they took chances and and did things that ultimately paid off yeah. um but it seems like with the DC properties they're not willing to take risks they're not willing to stretch themselves and um it really kind of it really kind of shows i mean yeah i i enjoyed batman v superman it was enjoyable yeah was it an amazing film mm-hmm. I mean, we got to see wonder woman finally in a movie which uh, gal gadot awesome uh ben affleck's performance as batman amazing yeah uh it had a lot of the it had a lot of the the ingredients for uh, a great souffle, but it fell a little flat. Um, Just had so someone be, stomp right next to it, and it, the souffle fell. Yeah, I, you know, I even you know uh, Jesse uh, Eisenberg. Eisenberg, thank you. I keep wanting to say Eisenman, but that's the last name of the voice actress who does wonder woman yeah. <laughs> um <clears throat> excuse me uh his even his take on lex luther was it was refreshing it was different it hadn't been done before and uh i, I kind of dug it yeah uh and they, so they did take some chances on some things but it just didn't seem like they reined it in in the wrong places. It almost felt like it just, yeah. I don't know. It, it's one of those things where you watch it and you're like, well, that's okay. I'm not sure what I would change to make it exceptional. <laughs> um, but the ending of getting them to quit fighting because, because uh, Lois said, Martha. <sighs> I, I kind of understood what they were going for there. Yeah. Um, you know, you ever watch like in the old movies, somebody's being really hysterical and somebody goes, you know, slaps them right in the face and they go, yeah. and and they come to that's yeah. kind of, that was that moment of, of reaching in yeah. and, and, and finding that vulnerable spot and, and giving him a, a slap that he needed to, to just, stop <laughs> yeah so but i, I same, got what they were trying to do yeah but at the same time with how it played through the movie it played more to me like this was bruce wayne this was a bruce wayne who never recovered from his mom and dad's um you know murder in in crime alley by joe chill or the joker or whoever you want to say did it um and was it was suffering through ptsd like this wasn't the detective that we've had in every other iteration. But you know, quite honestly, in my mind, if you are going to dress in black and kick ass every night, you've got some problems. <laughs> uh, and you know, years of therapy are not going to put you in that place. Yeah. You would end up still being probably more intensely Bruce Wayne 
and working through charitable organizations and donating money to police and, and fire and other forms of government that could better help as opposed to, you know, jumping in and getting bones broken and doing it by himself. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, he's, he's gotta be damaged. And with the implication that this is post Jason Todd's death, uh, Batman, it, it kind of made sense that he's, yeah. he's still working through some serious crap. Um, you don't, you don't watch your parents get shot in front of you and you go, Oh, well, uh, yeah, life's pretty good. Actually. I can find a silver <laughs> lining here. It, it just, it really, it just doesn't happen. So, oh, yeah. So it was an interesting interpretation of, of, of what, of what they did. So, yeah. I don't know, but we'll see. We'll find out all that later on. Yep. Um, but yeah, that does it here for the news. Uh, we will be right back with the else views. Woohoo. If you like what you've heard on this Galactic Network podcast, please consider helping us out financially by going to gncast.com support. On that page, you'll find links to our Patreon campaign where you can make a small recurring monthly pledge of as little as $1. Or click on our Amazon affiliate link, make a purchase, and we get a very small percentage from the sale. Again, go to gncast.com support. And thank you for supporting the Galactic Network podcast. And we are back, and it is time for the Else Views. This is where myself and Brad each bring two things to the table, because why stop at just one? <laughs> um, and I normally say that, you know, we will do, like, a, some back and forth, you know, talking about the other things, but um, I picked a movie and a TV show, and then Brad picked a video game and a board game, of which I have not played either of them, so... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, okay. I, I'm gonna switch up the order I had mentally with this, and I'm gonna talk about my TV show first, just because I think I'm gonna save my movie for last. Because you guys will probably guess what the movie is. Um, but the TV show I watched, it's I found it on Netflix, and it's called The Crazy Ones. Um, this is Robin Williams' last TV show he did. Um, actually, it got canceled four months before he passed away, and the show I was I was watching it again on us on like a couple Sundays ago, and it was just one of those things where I'm like, you know, I've been seeing it here. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it and go through because I knew it only had one season. Um, and apparently there was like a good half the episodes that either I forgot to or I didn't watch or forgot what they were but this this show was great this show honestly did not deserve to get canceled um and so for those of you guys who do not know um right behind me on the screen if you're watching the video is the um the cast this um starred robin williams sarah michelle geller um amanda seaton uh hamish linkletter and james wolk and and they are um ad people at a marketing firm and and they're the creatives of this marketing firm and with Robin Williams's character being the, you know, founding name partner. He just promoted like recently he had promoted his daughter played by Sir Michelle Geller to a name partner. And, you know, it's just the hilarity of 
watching them create these ads um the first episode is the one that they had the ads where they're pitching a sexy mcdonald's theme or jingle jingle to kelly clarkson and the thing honestly that i love about the show is it's and it, it, it was it one it's robin williams and so it's one of those things where i sit you sit there and you watch this like much like when you if you watch uh reruns of mork and mindy and how you hear how he just like they would have stuff written down and he would take the core of that and then he would just improv stuff that's what this seemed like here like again like i mentioned with the uh drive through love in it's like him and james walk doing this whole song and i'm like okay you know they had this like the creator or the writer just said the song is called drive through loving <laughs> and then robin just ran with it and all this um even so much as like they do bloopers after um after every you know after the episode ends and just before the credits and i remember when the show was on loving those um because it was so funny i mean just to see you know brilliant comedic minds across the board um but yeah you could find this on netflix um have you ever seen the crazy ones i have not uh, it was one of those things where and i think and there are other shows that have suffered from this in the past it's like oh this is a really amazing show you need to watch it it's critically acclaimed and people miss it or say they're going to watch it later and and then it kind of withers on the vine which is yeah which is sad no yeah definitely i mean it's um it was one of those it aired originally on cbs during i think it was 2013 2014 um so it was one of those like it was definitely a hidden gem and it got mixed reviews a lot of people didn't like you know they i think a lot of people would have liked it if they had a different driving comedic force behind besides robin williams because i remember i saw on the wikipedia page that they were talking about the reviews and some people were saying like oh it's just him going to his old bag and i'm like a lot of, like that's what made him his money is not necessarily these s- distinct things but his quick mind i mean he would come go from one to another to another thing i'm just like oh my gosh i feel like i've just seen an hour of your show <laughs> in 10 minutes and all that um but there's one episode that i watched and i had to sit and stop for a minute because it was it's about halfway through the season it's the the uh uh simon robin Williams character is asked to do a eulogy and and you know plan this funeral for a friend um actually i, th- I think he was a uh a, a client because the daughter wanted a spectacle and all this. And so he gives a, he gives the eulogy and I didn't see, you know, Simon, uh, Simon Roberts, the, the character I saw Robin Williams doing this um, because, and this is the, the other great part about Robin Williams. It was how he could get, go from hysterical to serious like that and all that and it's one of those like looking back at it now like you know this was and this was probably you know a year before he you know he ended his life 
but yet you you hear him talk and he's talking about uh the guy um loving like you, you want to see the the metal of the man look at his kids and all that stuff and i'm sitting there going yep that's robin like that's you you could talk you could you could play this as for a tribute to robin williams you know him doing that whole thing you know talking about his kids you know like, especially zelda williams who's you know blossomed into a, a you know a good actress herself you know doing the main antagonist role on legend of Korra, and you know do it and doing other voiceover roles throughout that and it's oh, so good it is on netflix now i highly recommend you check it out um they're only half hour episodes there's only 22 episodes so they're, they're, they're really quick and all that but yeah i highly recommend those cool so brad what do you want to talk about first <laughs> i feel bad that i kind of aced you out here i no, thought that you're, you, good. you're good uh, no oh uh, uh so fallout 4 has been like an addiction of mine for like the past year and a half <laughs> uh it, it's it's kind of sad um <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, but, but I have I, I have a, a console. I have PS4 that I'm playing it on, and one of the drawbacks to that is they promised for a long time to to offer mods. And mods have been available for PC for for quite a bit, uh, and then they 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 uh, Bethesda uh, promised to get things set up for Xbox One and PS4. Well, they had fewer hurdles to cross to do Xbox One and PS4. I, we waited a good probably four months, maybe six months, uh, before we too got to enjoy mods. You know, the, the core thing about mods and the reason why they're important is it it extends the longevity of the game. Yep, you have the opportunity to re-experience the game and you know pick and choose some of the things that, that you really think would be cool to experience or hell make your own mods and and do the things that that you wanted to do that you you couldn't do uh, in the vanilla game so now that mods are available for ps4 <laughs> uh, i've been playing it again a lot so um <laughs> Uh, it's amazing now that it's really kind of started to cascade the, the amount of, of mods that are really starting to come in for PS4. And uh, I just, I, I played with it for a little bit and then got rid of it. It was pretty, um, but it didn't feel, it didn't feel right for what I wanted to do with the world. And that's one of the other yeah. great things about mods is you can pick and choose and the things that feel right to you or the things that interest you, you can put in or you can get rid of, you know, whatever It's completely customizable. So it, the, the mod that I got was like completely redoing one of the core trading cities in the Commonwealth in, in, in fallout four. And it was pretty, uh, yeah. but it, it didn't feel right. So I played with it for, you know, five, 10 minutes and jumped around and looked at everything and how they'd restructured it. And I went, well, that, that's nice. And then I promptly went in and deleted it. 
that's me and you are very similar in that because with like with, with me with minecraft because like i would do the uh the shaders pack or not shaders but the different texture packs and stuff like that mm-hmm. but yep. i always go back to default sure Ma- mainly for the reason of if i have to share you know like a build with someone it looks good in defaults you know not just yeah. like Oh, and you can buy it. You can get the custom skin that I used for for you know the Serenity over here, um, to where everything looks exactly like it does in the movie, or or, or a, a lot of the Star Trek ones do it where they'll have you know the working councils and stuff like that on there, um, that are just blocks. But it's like, yeah, but you need a texture pack. That's like time and for a lot of people resources that they don't have. Um, yeah. but I'm actually glad to see that they did that that you know Bethesda did mods for the playstation 4 and xbox one versions so quick because that was a big thing with skyrim you know i remember yeah. at the time this was during the time that uh, revision 3 was doing um the, the destructoid show and they were showcasing you know it seems like they had one every week of a, a new skyrim mod you know and some of them would be like oh yeah it's the naked mod and but there was one. There was other ones that I liked that where it was like it turned the dragons into Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh yeah, <laughs> and stuff like that. You know, and so it's cool to see that they get. You know, it didn't take you know two years, and like they're gonna come out like, hey guys, we released the special edition for consoles, and it has the, it has all the mods. It's like, nope, here's the mods. Do it now, and all that. You know, within a year, and like I. A lot of the things I see are creative mods that I would probably do that. You know, if I already have the game, put it on there, you know, check it out for like 10 minutes, take it off, you know, stuff like that. Like, or, you know, like putting Mario in there into, you know, fall or you're playing as pit boys. Like everyone is a different pit boy or stuff like that. I hope that's a mod. <laughs> if it's not, it should be. But yeah, I mean, so it's pretty exciting, right? Yeah. I, and I, I wish that I could make mods. <laughs> uh, but speaking of mods and speaking of uh, of Minecraft, uh, we we have a lot of game systems. Uh, we have the Xbox One, and we got the addition uh, that included Minecraft. Yep. And one of the the skin packs that they have is Fallout Four, <laughs> <laughs> and you can load up, and it generates a world, and it's essentially somewhat like fallout Four structure. So, yeah. and I did that for a little bit and I didn't save it, but it was just kind of fun to jump around and take a look and see what they were doing with it. So, Oh yeah. And that's, that's the cool part because with, I guess that's the hook for the council versions, because this is, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm a, like a PC snob, but I only play Minecraft on the PC. And that's mainly because, you know, I have the, my community of friends that are on there. So it's like, you know, I, I could, you know, I, if you have, if you have the name of the server, you can go on there, you can see the Avengers tower that I built, you know, from scratch, only using a, a mod called schematica that places a ghost image and tells me this block goes here. This block goes there. There's nothing here. The oh, block nice. goes here and stuff like that. As I build this whole <laughs> giant fucking tower that took me a month to build, um, <laughs> And stuff like that and you know other 
creative ideas that I've had that are interesting other people. Like there's a, there's a guy on there who built the mass effect relay in the end where you fight the dragon. And I'm like, Oh wow. Oh, shut the fuck up. Like he spent like three months at least <laughs> doing that. And I'm like, Oh, son of a bitch. Cause like I go, <laughs> I go in there and, and I can't even see it all rendered. And I'm like, how are we going to, show this off you fall off the edge of the world trying to see that thing dude but yeah i mean so that's what i always like about these community games you know and fallout with the the mods would be just like that i mean i will say you know this doesn't keep me out exclusively because i played fallout 3 i didn't finish it i sort of got stuck and i think i was borrowing the game mm, yeah but yeah so no it, fallout 4 is on the list it's just one of those i know once i play it I'm no longer reading comic books. I'm no longer doing podcasts. I'm playing Fallout 4. <laughs> you know, it's like it's, it's where I go. It's where I go to Twitch streaming. Like, hey guys, I'm playing Fallout 4 today. They just see I look worse and worse because I qu- clearly do not shower anymore. <laughs> but yeah, so Fallout 4. It's available on PCs and get end consoles everywhere. Yep. And we will have links to it for Amazon. All right. Um, so did you watch Logan? Have you seen it yet? Every time we try to go see it, the universe stops us. <laughs> okay. So I, I will definitely give a spoiler for your review. Tagline, you know, print this on the poster, you know, say that I said this, the best X-Men movie to date, bar none. There is no, you can try to code a blink. Well, what about this? No. Fuck you. No. Best movie ever. <laughs> um, and I think there's a couple reasons that made it great. This is the this is an, an X-Men movie that has the least amount of X-Men in there or mutants in there and it made it work so much more. You know, like you look at you know, the first X-Men or X2, 3, you know, any of the first class generation and there's, you know, I remember in X3, there was a big scene where it was, I think it was uh, Colossus running through the school or Kitty Pride running through the school. Oh, yep. And you just see all these different powers and stuff going off. Yeah, it looks visually great. Doesn't do shit for the story. I mean, here you have, you have Logan, you know, played by, for the final time by Hugh Jackman, who is protecting professor xavier for played for the fight by the possible final time um by uh, patrick stewart and then you have three other mutants in there three other named mutants in there um you know based i I should say based on other characters mutants in there some of which i will not talk about because they are pleasant surprises even though some um blogs go the spoiler was it like the was in the movie showing the picture of their fucking spoiler it's like come on <laughs> classic people but at the heart of this Bre- uh brad i think you will love this as a father to be honest because yeah i i'm an uncle that's the most i get to kids right now is i'm an uncle and at by the end of this movie I was damn near shedding a tear and all that. Um, you know, it's so 
seeing this journey that Logan takes um, from where we meet him, which this picture is, you know, early on in the movie um, to where he ends up. You see a lot of growth in that. Um, You see him going from lone, lone, lone cub or lone wolf to a family man um, and all that. And it's, it is the, honestly the best capper, the best ender to these past characters, you know, these past actors at playing these characters. Um, The only one that I could theoretically see moving on would be, um, God would would probably be like James McAvoy Mm, playing Charles Xavier. That'd be the only one but it'd be like they would then have to get away from like like this is an alternate reality or something like that. Not really explaining it like it'd be blog stuff like oh yeah this is an alternate reality that's why we don't see Jennifer Lawrence as Mystique or um blanking on his name um Michael Fassbender as Magneto yep and all that stuff. But I mean God it's so great and I'm you know I honestly I would. If you guys lived around me, I'd be like, "Hey, we're going to see it. Come on, let's go." Because <laughs> like, it's it's one of those like it's just so freaking good. Um, the violence. I will say this for a lot of people: this is not a movie to go take your kids to. There is a lot of violence. There's, um, I mean, you, you got a dude who has claws coming out of, or who has swords coming out of his hands. You know, and he uses them as weapons. So, what do you think is going to happen? And all that. Um, but yeah, very, very well done across the board. Um, I love the the foley work, the sound. I always gravitate towards sound. Um, if you can go to, um, I think they're the DLP theaters, where it's like they do the the true surround sound. Because I thought there was someone behind me talking. It was the movie. <laughs> I'm like, what the, what the fuck is going? Oh, it's the movie. Son of a bitch! <laughs> like, it was that good of a sound that they had here. Um, but yeah, go check it out. Honestly, this is well worth the the money to go see it in theaters. Um, there is no end credit scene. There is the pre credit scene for Deadpool, which is already released, which I watched, and it has two extra scenes in there. Um, they do not have dead. Um, have you seen that that Deadpool thing? Yes. So in the the in the movie, they don't have the phone, the him him while he's changing, answering, picking up the phone, and putting it back, and then they don't have the Stanley cameo, <laughs> which was fucking hilarious. Oh like, my god! I, yeah. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I, I, I and the only reason why I was gonna specifically not try to find the trailer and and watch it, um just because I wanted to be surprised, but then I heard that it was Stan Lee gave a, a shout out and a thanks to Ryan Reynolds for putting him back into the credits with what was or the po- or the, the post-credit scene sort of, or the pre-credit, you know what I'm yeah. saying for Deadpool, uh, putting Deadpool that back. Um, and to see the whole thing as it was meant to be done, it was just oh, it was wonderful. Oh yeah. And, it, it it makes me so excited to to, to see the new Deadpool. Oh yeah, so. and and this is the cool thing for people thinking like, 
who are worried that this is that this Deadpool thing is going to spoil something for Deadpool two, no, Mm-mm. it nope. is a standalone short. Yep. Um, I love the Firefly Easter egg in there. Like you got the Firefly posters in, over on the oh, wall yeah. behind the phone booth. Like I put it, I saw it immediately. And I'm like, fire! I was, I'm shout out Firefly. Yeah, that was his <laughs> uh, shout out to. Um, oh crap! Played in Nathan Fillion. No. Oh, um, oh, um, Marina Baccarin. Thank you. That was yeah. uh, his shout out to her. Yeah. <laughs> to get her into the, essentially get her into the credits, as it were. But no, yeah, it's yeah, the whole thing's good. Honestly, go check it out in theaters. Um, Brad, you have a board game. This is weird. It's it's almost like you have a, a whole outlet where you could talk about board games, right? Well, I I I, I do. I have a, a show <laughs> called Adventure Party. Um, and, uh, we, uh, uh, I, and, uh, my co-host Glenn Bittner <clears throat> talk about games, board games, role-playing games, collectible card games, all sorts of, uh, variety of games. And then we try to get a guest or we talk about something game related. Um, so what we do as a part of our show is we have a Kickstarter spotlight where, we find something new and upcoming that interests us and we talk about it. Why, why it would be interesting to, to people that, that listen to the show. And one of the things that is very kind of prevalent to especially old school gamers like Glenn and myself was the great satanic panic of the seventies and eighties. In fact, if you have Amazon prime right now, you can watch a, it was a made-for-TV movie called Mazes and Monsters, which starred a young Tom Hanks. <laughs> and it kind of embodies the negative connotations uh, that there were set for people who played role-playing games. If you played a role-playing game, you're going to hell because you worship Satan. Um, yeah. It, it was like the, that generation's seduction of the innocent, uh, blaming comic books for everything that was wrong with kids. Uh, so it was deemed the, the great satanic panic. And as I was doing a search for something cool uh, for Kickstarter Spotlight, I saw that name, Satanic Panic, and I went, oh, okay, you've piqued my interest. And the reason why I wanted to talk about it is it, the game, this is a role-playing game where you work for a federal agency who is seeking out gamers and stopping them from spreading the satanic panic evil throughout the world. So it's like a meta sort of a thing. You're playing an RPG where you're playing federal agents to stop people from gaming. (laughs) Please tell me (laughs) because... I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil some people on here. Um, they have uh, it's on Kickstarter. We'll we'll uh, include a link to it. Um, but they have 20 days to go as we're recording this. Um, they've already reached their goal. Please tell me as a stretch goal. There's like a there's people playing a, a satanic panic game. <laughs> there you go and break up. Well, if you I think it's like if you donate. Or I'm sorry. If you uh, throw in like a grand the guy that created the game will run a session 
of satanic panic. He will fly to you. <laughs> oh, that's that's awesome. Uh, and he will. I think it's fly. Hang on. Um, Hold on, I got it up here too. I can look. I can look. Uh, I feel uh, ten thousand. Ten thousand is the full satanic panic experience. Okay, yeah, it's ten thousand. All right, and it's like one of those things where, oh man, you're probably not going to find somebody to 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 throw that out there. Wait, hang on. Wait. <laughs> I, I love this. Whole, I'm going to read this out for people here. This is what I love about Kickstarter goals. No one has done this, but. It's called the, it's $10,000, the full satanic panic experience at this level. I will come visit you and your game group, deliver eat you each a special leather, a special edition leather bound version of satanic panic, spend a weekend running it for you and then report you all to the local authorities for being filthy table toppers. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know, and God bless him. I hope he does find somebody that to 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 throw in ten grand to this because that that's beautiful. If if I were you know just I had ten thousand dollars to just set on fire, I would do that just to say that I've done it. Um, because that's just that's just awesome. It's like you know your audience, you know the material, where it comes from. And you're pretty sure that the people that are on board for this have a, a general idea or they'll do a search for satanic panic and find out that there's an actual history to it. Um, and then everybody's in on the joke. So it, it's just, it was really cool to see something like that and looking at the, the structure of, of the game, uh, how they, how they're, how they're making this work is just, just wonderful. And it, a lot of their stretch goals are um, like upgrading the, 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 the quality of the book, you yeah. know, uh, the, the upping the paper quality, upping the cover quality, upping, you know, doing things that don't necessarily mean it could possibly set back the timeline because they've got to now coordinate and edit and do layout for all this other stuff. Um, so it's really, it's really cool to, to, to see somebody, have that so simple it's brilliant idea and then yeah. be successful with it so and that's why i want to you know if anybody that that is an else nerd listener uh is an rpg player i would recommend checking this out because it's just it's so fascinating i think that they might uh they might dig it and just even reading uh all the write-up and watching the video that they have for it on kickstarter uh, to give you an idea of what it's all about it's just really cool it's wonderful no yeah definitely um yeah and again like i said we will have links to that in our show notes um but yeah hey brad just so you know um you should probably do a show where you talk about tabletop board games you know i think you you might have something there <laughs> <laughs> there could be a future in that son but oh no, yeah so that's gonna do it for the else views and we'll be right back Do you like scary movies? Did you answer yes to that question? Have you ever thought, hmm, I'd really like to listen to two random strangers talk on the internet about some movies that I may or may not have watched at some point in my life. Sometimes they even bring guests on, which adds to a little bit of the banter. Sometimes we cover the news of the week. Sometimes we don't talk about the movie at all. Sometimes one of us gets a little bit drunk. 
it's just the way that we do things over at the Podcast of Terror, which is a production of Galactic Netcast, in case you weren't sure. If you're interested in this, please go ahead and head over to gncast.com slash pot. Subscribe and enjoy the crap out of it. And we are back and it is time for the else words. This is our main topic of this of the evening. And we gave Brad two choices. He we could either talk about his he could either talk about himself or he could talk about other other things. He chose other things. I don't know if that was Wise's choice, but he did it. Whatever. <laughs> we'll move on. Um, <laughs> I'm not really that exciting. Uh <laughs> but no, we're gonna talk about uh Vertigo founder Karen Berger is launching her own book imprint. Um, for those of you guys who do not who do not realize this, on the screen behind me is the photo of Karen Berger. This comes from Newsarama, and I didn't know, you know, that she was doing so much in there. But um, you know, she left the um she left the DC and Vertigo imprints on March 13th after 34 after a 34 year career at the publisher and then came back or, or resurfaced in 2016 as the freelance editor for the creator owned series Surgeon X at um at Image Comics. And so to see this, um the the book or the thing she is launching is gonna be an imprint of Dark Horse Comics. Um and it's called uh, Berger Books, and this what this re- honestly reminds me of from reading the article is um, over in the UK, um, Channel Four, one of the TV networks, has a thing called Walter Presents, hmm. and it's this um, this guy in there where he brings all these uh, different like you know foreign language, um, you know different countries uh, dramas and comedies and stuff to the audience on channel four or you know through on their website this is what this almost seems like to me like this is her since it's all it's all gonna be creator own titles um like her you know picking people who want to tell very interesting stories but maybe can't meet the goals or get in or didn't get accepted over at image comics and all that so it's like here it's her going boom done and stuff like that. This seems really cool. Um, what do you th- what do you think about this? Uh, Karen Berger is 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 a comic book goddess. <laughs> um, for those who who aren't in the know, uh, the Vertigo lines, uh, the Vertigo line of comics for DC would not exist without Karen Berger. Yep. Um, the popularity and the chances that they took with, uh, you know, Doom Patrol and bringing that into the Vertigo universe and taking it to strange places. Um, when they pulled Swamp Thing from Main DC over to Vertigo, <clears throat> so that they could explore uh, more complex themes that the Comics Code Authority probably wouldn't wouldn't be down with. Um, <laughs> the choices that she made and the thing that she built with vertigo was enormous. And I mean, Sandman, I mean, that, that helped put Neil Gaiman on the map. And that was all really Karen Berger. Um, so when DC made the choice to kind of shut down vertigo, uh, 
and essentially pull you know hellblazer back into the main universe and swamp thing and kind of disassemble that making a different editorial choice for the company and and the lines as a whole kind of left her out in the cold you know she mm -hmm. she worked so long and so hard to make vertigo i i i'm i would have felt like i didn't have a place anymore so yeah. it was kind of cool to see her be able to uh, kind of move on and then work with another, you know, an indie giant like Dark Horse. And it'll be cool to see what she does there. Uh, I have a feeling that she's going to do some great things. Um, she's she's massaged and helped create so many careers in comics. Um, I see her doing that again and helping do uh, marvelous money-making things for Dark Horse comics. So yeah. it'll be cool to see what she does. No, yeah, definitely. I mean, from hearing this, and this is one of those things, like, I've never, I hadn't read a lot of the older Vertigo stuff. Um, to give you guys the other part, because I don't think he mentioned it, and I'm double-checking right now. Um, yep. But uh, Preacher, we would not have that on TV right now Yep. without her. We wouldn't have, you know, the we probably wouldn't have the careers of Garth Ennis, um, the career that we had with... Um, uh, Steve Dillon um, and all that stuff without her. I mean, there's a lot of things that she helped launch and yeah, it does suck that things happened the way that they did. But at the same time, I do think that this is better and I wouldn't be surprised with this being over at dark horse if this didn't launch some people like, and it all depends on who, like who goes over there. Like if we get them bringing other things into dark horse proper, because that's the one thing that I sort of noticed with dark horse is the books that interest me the most over there are the, the serenity books. That's really it. The tomb Raider books did for a while, but it would be, older stuff with hellboy because that would you know i love the movies and you know and it's like i want to read the comic books but i want to read what's going on now oh wait he's dead wait what well come on you know like that's sort of where i feel like it's like well sorry kid go read the trades i don't got time to read trades i want to read other stories that you got with him but you know that's besides the point i do feel like though that it is cool to see you know more um, you know, more stuff out there, more comics. Hopefully we'll, we'll be getting, you know, a lot of, lot more either stuff that we wouldn't think about from other writers or, you know, new writers, new artists that, that, you know, she's like, Hey, you got a good story. Bring it here, here to us and stuff like that. You know, I, I can only see good things with this, right? Yeah. I, you know, just looking at, Sure. Now I can't remember his name. He created Shadowhawk for uh, Jim Valentino. That's who it was. Uh, Jim Valentino you know, jumped over with uh, you know the the disenchanted creators and and helped create uh, Image Comics and brought his character Shadowhawk to to the mix. And then that kind of phased out, and now he's like one of the people that goes out for image and finds indie people and pulling them in to 
to get their material out. So it, it's cool to see that, you know, companies, you know, like Image and now Dark Horse, Dark Horse is indie, I, I get that, but to, to actively go out and have somebody who's there to just pull in and massage careers and help people launch things to be even bigger and better. Um, you know, I, I think that that's probably the future for a lot of the smaller publishers um, to, to help grow and, and bring in different streams of revenue. So, yeah, exactly. Um, and also could be, you know, what gets us the next, you know, people at the big two. Um, you know, at Marvel and DC, I mean, cause you look at what, sure. three years ago, three, four years ago, you, you never knew who Charles Sewell was or Sewell Sule, however he pronounces his last name. Um, but it took with him doing uh, letter 44 over at Oni press and, you know, then DC took a swing at or took a chance on him and he was doing, you know, red lanterns and swamp thing. And now he's over at Marvel doing the inhumans books and earn yeah the inhumans books some x-men books um and daredevil and taking it basically like here you, you want to do this book sure i got stories i can tell <laughs> <laughs> and stuff like that so yeah i see exciting things with this well brad thank you for slumming it with us i wasn't oh. slumming it's always good to hang out with you gregor <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so tell people <laughs> about the things that you do. Uh, I do stuff. Oh, uh, well, I, uh, <laughs> good, I work good, with good to know <laughs> <laughs> the end. Uh, no, uh, I, uh, I, a uh, part of the galactic network, uh, I uh, co-host, uh, the alien invasion and have done that for a number of years. Uh, we mentioned the adventure party. Oh, I'm sorry. The alien invasion is a show about, uh, aliens in you know cinema and books and comics in you know whatever uh and and talking about that and then we do throw in some interesting stories that come up from time to time almost a la um like the weekly world news sort of yeah. weird stuff occasionally uh and then uh, i do a show on sundays that we talked about called the adventure party where we talk about games and gaming and uh, I'm kind of finalizing some things to do a very short topic-based show, like 15 minutes, and talking about the histories of comic book characters. Hmm. So, that sounds very, very good. Very interesting. <laughs> and all that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So uh, considering my my 6,000 comics I have in the basement and all the graphic novels that I have in my house. As I always say, I'm surprised I kissed a girl. Um, <laughs> hell, I'm surprised I had an apartment with how much money I spent on all that. Um, but hey, no Brad, regrets. Brad, Brad, you see that Harley Quinn box right there? That's me. That's my first long box there, bud. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. I, uh, I got about 25 more of those in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! All that money, I look at that and I cry sometimes. But uh, <laughs> no regrets. It was it was a good time, and there's a lot of good uh, good stuff in there. And now you know I've got friends that are like, oh, you know, I've really heard about this character. I'm like, oh, pfft, 
dude, let me hook you up. I've got like a whole bunch of them you can read and just, <laughs> so I've kind of become the library to help other people uh, enjoy comics. So that's this, that's how I am with a lot of my friends too. Yep. Um, where it's like, Oh yeah, tell me about this guy. And I'll just like stuff. St- I'm talking about stuff. I haven't even read. And it's just like, this, 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 this. And I'm like, where did that come from? Did, yep. <laughs> did I just have a stroke? you know and you're not wrong uh a friend of mine's uh son especially when he was younger you know they always said you know he he would watch a a cartoon or something like that about uh, a comic book character Mm -hmm. and they're like well save the questions for your uncle brad when he comes over and then here he would come (laughs) and he'd ask me and like you know like when a shark like goes to eat the eyes roll in the back of the head to protect the eyes and it just goes for it. That's kind yep. of what happens. It's like, Oh, you yep. want to know about this? And it's like, Mrah. and then all of a sudden all this I vomit information out, but you know, it's like, it's a little kid. So I try to, you know, pull it back a little bit, but it's just like, Oh, here's all this information. And sometimes he regretted asking, uh, yeah. but in a lot of cases uh, he thought that was kind of cool. And, and he's, he's started to he he's enjoyed a number of different comics and uh and that's been kind of cool so yeah but no yeah we, we will have links to all of brad's things um are there uh you have a twitter right too i do i'm not as active on twitter but uh occasionally i i'm trying to do more like uh, announcements when adventure party hits so uh yeah uh just b ludwig b l u d w i g bloodwig uh as my friends called me in high school. God, that was awful. Uh, but uh, there you go. B. Ludwig on Twitter is where you'll find me. Bloodwig sounds like a suburb of Bloodhaven, so there you go. <laughs> it sounds like uh, somebody had a very bad day with a toupee. <laughs> but yeah, the, so that's going to... <laughs> that's going to do it for here for us. Um, you can contact us by leaving us a voicemail at 805-328-3966 or emailing us mail at elsnerds.com. Um, you can find all of our subscription stuff, our subscription links over at gncasts.com slash subscribe. And you can join us on our Facebook page at Galact- for the Galactic Network um, by going to facebook.com slash galactic netcasts. Um, you can follow the show or the network um, at elsnerds or at galactic netcasts. Um, you could follow the producers, Beatmaster on Twitter at beatmaster80. Evan is at Mr. Underscore Fusion. You can see all of Corey's things that he's doing in the um, web comic world at don'taskcomics.com. And you can find me on Twitter at that Gregor. Um, and there's something else. I just was able to change it to that or oh, on, on Instagram at that dot Gregor, where you could see photos of my niece in all of her adorable cuteness um, until she reaches the age where she's, where she's no longer cute. <laughs> um, I don't know when that's going to happen. Uh, but yeah, the last thing to say is this has been a Don't Tell Glenn production. We will see you guys next week. Bye. This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to gncast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot